This is your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode number 150 with guest Lisa Stedman. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company that believes therapy should be affordable, confidential, and convenient. You know I'm always telling you how important therapy is, and a Talkspace therapist can help put you on the path to a happier life. For a special offer for our listeners, visit Talkspace.com forward slash YKAL and use code YKAL to get $30 off your first month. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen, a no-BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey there, ass kickers. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much. This week, we have Lisa Stedman in the house. Well, she's not actually in the house, in my house. She's on the podcast, but I think you get what I'm saying. And Lisa is one of those people whom I've known for such a long time. I've had the pleasure of hanging out with her in person. She has so much energy and is just a great human being. So I'm so glad that you all get a chance to meet her. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Lisa in just a second. But first, I wanted to let you know, if you want text updates from me probably twice a month. I don't foresee me sending any more than twice a month text updates. And this is going to be like if I have a class that is closing for registration and you missed it somewhere along the way, I would just shoot you one text about it. Or if... I have a free workshop or a free challenge coming up and you somehow missed it, (laughs) I would send you a text about it. I mean, really only twice a month I would be sending out texts about important goings on over here at Your Kick-Ass Life. So if you want to get text updates so you don't miss a thing over here, go ahead and simply text the word updates to 444-999 and you'll get confirmation about that. It'll put you on the list so you won't miss the things happening over here and that would be awesome. Also, I'm still doing Facebook live videos over on the Your Kick-Ass Life page on Facebook. And if you like this podcast, if you love this podcast, even if you're just a little lukewarm about this podcast, you'd probably like the Facebook live videos that I do every Thursday at noon Eastern time. I would love to see you over there and you can come and hop in the comments, even if it's on the replay, if you miss it and say, hey, I listen to the podcast. I listen to you while I'm in the car or I'm when I'm putting on makeup or when I'm doing dishes or whatever, when I'm working out. And again, it's at Your Kick-Ass Life on Facebook. Actually, it's Your Kick-Ass Life with Andrea Owen, to be more specific. And I'm there every Thursday. I am walking you through a chapter a week from my book, 52 Ways to Live a Kick-Ass Life. So if you've read the book, it's kind of extra extra stuff I'm throwing in and asking you questions and giving out exercises and asking you to take action and think about new things and, and all that kind of stuff. So again, Thursdays at noon Eastern time, I'd love to see you over there. So let me tell you a little bit about Miss Lisa. Lisa Stedman is a best-selling author, internationally acclaimed speaker, relationship expert, serial entrepreneur, and highly sought-after voice for women who are ready to redefine what having it all looks like. Her bio is so extensive, y'all. Lisa is a woman who does it all, really. And if you want to read more about her, which I'm sure you will after you hear this, you can check it out at the show notes, Your Kick-Ass Life forward slash 150. So without further ado, here is Lisa. 
Hello, Lisa. Thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy to be here. You know what I just realized too? <laughs> that you, if, if anyone has my book, they have probably read your name before because you have the blurb that's on the cover of my book. Oh my God, I have that? prime real estate. You did have prime real estate. Yes. Ooh, wow, wow. what a pleasure. <laughs> I'm going to read it. <laughs> Um, you said, consider this book your manual and Andrea, your new BFF. Read it, do it, be it. Lisa Stedman, author of it, It's a Breakup, Not a Breakdown. Fancy, oh, fancy Lisa. Oh, my God. Full circle <laughs> moment, ladies and gentlemen. I Full love circle. that. Oh, oh. And, and I know I said this before we got on, on the recording, but congratulations on your beautiful book. It is everything I said and more. And I'm so thrilled for you and for everyone who gets to read it and receive it. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was such a labor of love. And it's been like five years already since I wrote it. And I'm doing a wow. series of Facebook Live videos now where I'm doing a chapter a week. And it's so funny because I haven't read it in so long. So before I do the Facebook Live, I'm reading it. And there's been a couple of times where I'm like, I don't actually think that anymore. <laughs> Ooh, I love that. It just, we evolve and we change, or maybe I, I do think it, but there's more to it. And so it's, it's cool. It's level. almost like a journal. Yeah. <laughs> my own yeah. journal. Oh my God. That's well, so speaking funny. of, of dreams that. come true, you have kind of a catchphrase that I love and you say all the time, dream plus do dream plus do. So tell our listeners what exactly <laughs> that means. Yes. So, um, so yes, I said, you know, cause here's the deal. Um, you and I have known each other a long time. We have accomplished amazing things, both personally and professionally. And I don't know about you, but I hear from a lot of women who go, Oh my God, have you written five bestselling books? Oh my God. How did you meet the man of your dreams? Oh my God. How did you get a baby without having a baby? Uh, like, I mean, like, and I, and I'm, and sometimes I step back from my life and I go, huh, I guess from the outside, it could look like I'm really lucky. But the truth is, none of it's luck. And some of it's thrust upon you when you least expect it or, or don't choose it. But the the key to my success over time has been so simple. It's dream plus do makes the dreams come true. I remember being the person who had an idea for a breakup book and talked about it for years. And then finally, one day I was like, I need to shut the F up or I need to write this book. So mm -hmm. it's the dream plus the do dream is great. Dreams don't come true unless you also do the do. Absolutely. So it's, I agree with that a thousand times over. And I, I had a similar experience with my, with my book because I get asked the same question. Like, how did you how did you even do it? Because so many people, and I know a lot of you listening, ha have the dream of, of writing a book. And I just, same thing. I was talking about it and talking about it. And then I vividly remember the, the day that I sat up in bed one morning. It was about four months after I got sober. And I decided, like, I'm tired of talking about this and wishing for it because nobody's going to do it for me. Um, I'm just going to do it. And I don't even know how. But yes. I know how to type and I know how to read and write. So I guess that's just good enough. <laughs> yes. And this is exactly what it is, is you get to a point where at least I do and every woman I talk to has, you get so fed up with not doing it. that, mm -hmm. And this is where change comes from. It yep. becomes easier to do the things that scare the crap out of you than to stop, to not do them and stare them in the face for another day and go, I suck because I'm not doing them. That's always the space I get to. I actually wrote a blog about like my process and it's like six steps. And the first step is not leap into the unknown. I think that's like step six. Right. Uh, the first step is to like 
have this big dream. And then the next step is to sit there and ruminate on it because it's too scary to do it today. Mm-hmm. So like, it, it's not that every day I leap out of bed and go dream plus do, and, and there's no fear, but I have consistently created what I've created in my life so that now I know on the days. And so here's a great example. Yesterday, I woke up feeling a lot of stuck energy, a lot of frustration energy, because there are people on my dream team who I feel are not doing their job. And I had a nice little reframe with this girl group that my lady boss group that we get on the phone every Wednesday and really pour into one of us. And it happened to be my day. And I was like, ladies, here's how I'm feeling. And in 20 minutes, we don't do more than like 30 minutes. I walked away from that call. I was like, the answer is me. And I went out and re like just fucking kicked ass. Sorry. I don't know if I can swear. You can. Um, okay. Cause I dropped that bomb. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Permission sorry, granted. Sorry. <laughs> um, and my day was awesome because I stopped being in the space of I'm frustrated that no one's working as hard as I am for me. And then I was like, well, duh, work that hard for you. Mm-hmm. And so I went out and kicked ass and hustled from my heart. It's, you know, cause it's not, it's not overdue and under dream. It's just really match those levels. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it changed how I felt about my day. And then my dream team, like literally was texting me later in the day, like, Hey, we're working on it. And I'm like, funny, you must've been feeling me today. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, one of the most popular quotes that we hear all the time is my least favorite. And I'm pretty sure it was Eleanor Roosevelt that said this, who knows, maybe she didn't say this, but it's the one floating around that says, do something every day that scares you. And, and I'm like, every day, <laughs> How about, like, we're not up to that task we're like once not. a month like I'm cool like with once a month I'm cool with my clients doing it once a month maybe like once a week depends but I just I feel like we sort of sometimes glorify this whole personal development concept of like you were saying like leaping out of bed and conquering our our dreams every day and that's I don't think that's what real life looks like it doesn't. And, and that's and that's what I love about like, you know, I finally broke down like my six steps because I was like, I don't do this every day. I don't leap off tall buildings every day. Some days I'm in a cocoon, like licking wounds and like crying my eyes out and going, oh, my God, is this going to ever end? Like, but I now know that that's part of my process and it's not here to shut me down. It's actually to expand me and open me up in a few days. I just got to be in this like nasty, murky, dark, smelly cocoon for a day. And I think the bottom line of it, too, is that you have to get to a place where the pain of staying the same and the pain of thinking about it and talking about it and planning it and dreaming it is worse than the pain of actually jumping and starting. Mm, My very nice quote. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The day will come when being closed in a bud becomes more painful than the risk to blossom. And that's what it is. Like there are the days that we need to just stay in that bud and feel safe and secure and the day will come and sometimes the challenge is not to prolong that day right Mm -hmm. (laughs) the challenge is like be bold but understand that if today isn't the day maybe tomorrow will and and I I have a little hesitation saying that because I think sometimes people who take that run with it (laughs) not doers will go oh good I don't have to take responsibility for myself Mm -hmm. again today And then they wake up tomorrow feeling really let down again. And as someone who used to consistently let down my dreams, I mean, there was a time in my early 20s and actually through my mid 20s that I had big dreams and I I consistently let myself down about that, about them. And 
I, I needed to own that. And I remember the feeling. I remember the first time I did Julia Cameron's The Artist Way. And I was like, my God, Julia Cameron, you're asking me to go in this dark cave that my artist has been begging me to go into. And you're asking me not to take a flashlight, but to have faith, you know, like, and it was so dark and scary. But from that journey came my first breakup book idea, mm-hmm. came the idea that I could attract a man who would love me as I am and not expect me to change or not, you know, discount everything about me that was amazing just because they were make love you. You, have, you have to make them love you. <laughs> Every day. Like, I'm going to wake up and make sure you still love me today. Like, you know, the best I told my husband last night is, he, you know, he's more of a homebody. I was going out and I was like, he's like, text me if you're going to be after midnight. And I said, thank you for always letting me know that I am loved and cared for. Like, yeah. I need that in my life to go be that ballsy dream plus doer that I am. Mm-hmm. You need the space for it. I need That's that safe awesome. space like, home too. Yeah. I love that. And you also like to help women redefine what having it all means. And that's kind of a conversation that I've been having with myself a lot lately. So can you say more about that? Yes. Oh my God. This is, you're like, let me put my hair in a pony. (laughs) Right. Right. Okay. Let me get on my soapbox. Um, so, okay. This is having it all, like having it all three words that like make women feel like pieces of dirt on the floor, actually on the underneath of a shoe of some other woman who has it all. That's what we feel like when we think of the topic of having it all, because it's like, well, she has it all, but I don't. And, and I, and we get in that snarky, like angry voice, like, Oh, that's for them. They're luckier. They're smarter. They're skinnier. They're prettier. They're younger. They're richer, like whatever it is. So let's put down those, um, slicing swords of perfection Uh and let's get really freaking real about what having it all is. And this is going to sound this may sound cheesy. I'm going to keep it a hundred. Having it all means making peace with your life as it looks today. That's having it all. It doesn't mean you're not going to change anything. It doesn't mean you're not going to grow. It doesn't mean you're not going to search for more and go for more. But how can you create more in your life if you're angry about what's already here? Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, When I was single and I was single and ready to mingle, do you think I woke up every day and was like, my life is so great because I'm single? No, I woke up and I was like, where's my man? Like I'm saying, (laughs) I was angry. I I had my angry phase. And it wasn't until I woke up and went, I don't want to do this anymore. He may never show up. So I got to get on board with me and my life and look at the gifts that I have. And you know what those gifts were? The gifts were that I got to quit my cushy corporate job where I branded Barbie for a living to go brand breakups and write best-selling books and have crazy adventures and kiss inappropriate men. Like I got to do that because I was single and I didn't have to ask permission, not that you always have to ask permission, but you know what I mean? Like my life was centered around me. So I could be self-serving. I could be self-centered, whatever the language is. It's not about um, being selfish. It's about being self, self-loving. self Like mm-hmm. it was really, this is my dream. And you know what? If I don't do it now and I wait till the man's here or I wait till the kid's here, there's going to be too many responsibilities. So I quit my job. I quit my man. I, I, cause I was still sleeping with my ex with, if you've read my book, it's a breakup, not a breakdown. You know that. Um, 
So I quit. I went cold turkey with the ex. I quit my job. I moved out of my, you know, my cushy luxury condo. I moved in with my best friend. I slept on his living room floor on a blow up mattress for a summer. Everyone in my life thought I was crazy. But if they spent time with me, they're like, wow, she seems really happy. So she's either gone around a bend Mm -hmm. or she's actually like more on purpose and on fire. And that was the summer I met my husband. Um, that was the summer that I rewrote my book proposal that attracted my first book deal. So having it all was me stopping the compare and despair and saying my life sucks because I don't have this and realizing the beauty of what I had. And then the same thing, you know, you're a mom, so you know this, when you have kids, suddenly you have sometimes too much. So for the women who are listening going, oh, I want a baby or where's my family? Ladies, take a chill pill. There's always time. There's always time. And you have so much freedom. Don't take it for granted. Appreciate it. You can go to the mall whenever you want. Mm-hmm. You can sleep whenever you want. Work whenever you, you want. Get in the car. Yeah, work. You can get in the car and not tell anyone where you're going to go whenever you Like, there is freedom there. And then what happens when you get this beautiful family, and it starts to feel like too much when I inherit, you know, we... I I became an imposter mom, which was an instant foster mom to my husband's sister's kid. I know that's a a mouthful. Um, But as someone who never wanted children, I was like, yes, of course we will step up for this child. I know that's the right thing to do. And this is too much. I did not sign up for this. And I, you know, I freaked out. I almost had a nervous breakdown. I almost left my marriage because my version of having it all did not include a child. And I didn't know how to expand it until I expanded it. And then expansion meant surrender, which meant I had to go, oh, it's not all about me anymore. Oh, there's this child who needs me. Oh my God, this is actually one of the most beautiful experiences of my life. Wow. I'm in love with a child. Wow. There's room in my heart. Like, so now, you know, I can look back and I remember this moment. It was last summer. My niece, who's just turned six, she was five at the time. My niece, my husband, and I are on the same beach in Santa Monica that I had sat on as a single girl many a Saturday drinking my coffee going, where is he? And now I'm sitting there in the same spot looking and I'm like, well, there he is and there she is and they're building a sandcastle and here I am. And whoa, full circle moment. I really had it all then and look at what I have now. Mm -hmm. Like really owning the beauty of every age and stage we're in because it goes fast. Well, sounds like you've done some work on that, Lisa. <laughs> oh, hello. We could talk. Yes. I, oh, my God. That's the understatement of the century. <laughs> I love everything you said. And I, I think the nugget that I want to sort of underscore is that when you said you, you can have it all right now, but that doesn't mean that you are settling or that this is it like for somebody who like you were saying like a single or wants a promotion or you know wants a different life or what they deem as a better life it doesn't mean that if you declare that you do have it all that that that's it and i think that i see so many women and i have done this myself think that their happiness is over there and oh, it, I'll be happy when dot, yes, dot, dot. when I make more money or finally find the right partner or have a baby or like the list goes on and on and on. And I, I sometimes still kind of find myself falling into that trap. I think it's a trap. And it's, I think for me, a gratitude practice has changed that. But even, even on a simpler level, 
It's just paying attention to when you go down that rabbit hole, when you start to, and, and luckily for me, it's kind of a hazard having people in personal development as my best friends. Like when I start to talk about it, like how much right? I want something, they'll say like, well, you know, are you trying to find your happiness and joy over there? And I'm, I'm, I'm lucky damn, enough to say personal development junkies right. point us in the right direction. Yes. Just, I just want to own this for a minute. <laughs> yeah. But it is just like that element of paying attention if you're over that. So I just really wanted to highlight that, like for all of you listening that, that feel like your happiness or your worthiness or your just fulfillment is over there. Like you can declare that you have it all right now and you can still want more for yourself at the same time. Mm, it, yeah, they're not mutually exclusive. Life mm. is not black and white. Life is brilliant, beautiful, dull, and bold shades of gray. So we might as well get used to that. Yeah. I want to say one more thing too, before we shift gears about the whole concept of having it all. And this is something that I've been thinking about lately. And um, it started because I got a comment. I started doing Facebook live videos and I got a hater comment, which is not my first one. I've gotten them before. And this particular one was, sorry, lady, not all of us get by on our good looks. And I've gotten that one before. And, you know, basically what it is, is that particular person, it was a woman, you know, she's in the victim mode, like they're pain. It's it, yeah, they're in pain. I'm going to shoot yeah. somebody else down who I think is shining. And that person is making me uncomfortable. And, and that is a message I've gotten for a long time. And it's, it's not something I've really talked about a lot publicly because I have that, you know, that voice is telling me like, Andrea, nobody wants to hear about that. <laughs> no, yeah. No, like boo hoo hoo. But it's legit. It's legit. And I totally get, oh my God, I'm so glad you said that because it's the thing, these are the things that we as women can't talk about because who the F is going to feel sorry for us? Well, guess what? It's your reality in that moment and mm -hmm. it's valid. And I think that a lot of women listening can probably relate and whether it's about the way they look or maybe it's about the way they perform, maybe they are really brilliant in like a science and tech industry or, um, or they're really, really funny and, you know, and, or, or anything like that where they're shining so much and they're leaders mm. and it makes other people uncomfortable. And I think as women, my friend Joe Casey calls this the feminine conditioning where, where we have been mostly brought up in a culture that does not encourage us to to shine brightly with our given gifts. Nor to celebrate other women who are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, I love this. And I mean, I love this because this is the stuff that we don't talk about that keeps us in struggle, that keeps right. us in, in the shadows. And I will tell you, so... I appreciate this because I'm the girl who always had a weight problem and really couldn't receive any kind of friendship or, or good, good, good faith of any kind from beautiful women. It really just made me uncomfortable. And, and I've worked on that. But the part that I'm really tuned into in this moment is I lost a lot of weight last year and I lost a lot of followers. I lost my tribe. Um, it was almost like, well, she has everything, but at least she's still fat. Mm. And I went underground and, and you and I talked about before we got on this podcast, like I lost my mom last year too. So there was a lot of shifting going on, but I went underground for about six months because I was like, 
if that's what it takes to stay visible, if I have to have something about me that you deem acceptable for all of the other beauty in my life, screw you, I'm going somewhere else because this is the hardest thing I've ever done to lose weight and, to, and keep it off, especially in the year I lose my mom. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to own me and just like, I really was at a point where I was like, if I lose my business over this, if I lose my following over this, I accept that because this is for me, if nothing else. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel you and I get it. And I just want you to know that your beauty is equally matched by everything else you do. And I so honor you in this moment. Oh, thank you. I, I appreciate that. And it's, and it's, I mean, this is something I've struggled with probably since around the age of 15 and I'm 41 and I'm still like talking about it. And it, again, it's not something I talk about publicly that often because it is kind of a target on your back topic. But I, I think that how it relates to having it all is that for me, I have resisted stepping into the whole concept of having it all because I don't want to make people uncomfortable. Mm. And yep. I'm done with that. Yeah. <laughs> Can I tell you, I know you're done because I'm sitting here holding like a little space. I'm like, yeah, she's done with that. But like, like move out of that because when you do, people will judge, but there will be so, and people will judge. And there are going to be so many women who feel freer because of what you are doing. Mm -hmm. And I know that to be true. I also know that's part of your next level is not in a, sh not in a, um, look at me way. Cause that's not who you are, but in a, this is all of me way. Hey, ass kickers. We're going to get back to this interview in just a minute, but first a quick word from our sponsor. People ask me all the time, what are the tools I should use for my small business? There's so many things to manage. Welcome to life being self-employed. Is it challenging? Yes, but our friends at FreshBooks believe the rewards are so worth it. The working world has changed. With the growth of the internet, there's never been more opportunities for the self-employed entrepreneur. To meet this need, FreshBooks is excited to announce the launch of an all-new version of their cloud accounting software. The all-new FreshBooks is not only ridiculously easy easy to use. It's also packed full of powerful features. Create and send professional looking invoices in less than 30 seconds. Set up online payments with just a couple of clicks and get paid up to four days faster. And see when your client has seen your invoice and put an end to the guessing games. FreshBooks is offering a 30 day unrestricted free trial to my listeners. To claim it, just go to freshbooks.com forward slash kickass and enter your kickass life in the how did you hear about us? section. Exactly. And it's the whole concept of, and this is the work I do with women, like ironically. Right. Well, we all teach what we need to learn. Oh my God. I have all the credentials, <laughs> all the, the stuff and the, you know, the, the papers framed on the wall and all of that, the whole concept of, of being vulnerable and, and being visible of just being seen and heard for who we really are. And this is how my DNA fell together when I was conceived by my parents. Mm -hmm. And I can't help that. And I think too, you know, I had a coach, gosh, four or five years ago where I was just agonizing over this. And, and she said, and I was just uncomfortable. I think it was right when my book had come out. And, and she said, what if the universe did this on purpose? What if the universe on purpose made the vehicle that you walk about the world in attractive in this culture? so that you will get attention from people for the greater good. What if it was Hello. no accident? 
And I was like, hot damn. What am I supposed to do with that? Helen House. She was my coach at the time. I'll put a link to her website in the show notes. She's fantastic. And I was speechless. And I'm like, because like, I think the universe doesn't really make accidents, you know? And, and so it was, it was, that was my invitation to step into the role of a leader and leadership can be very scary. Having it all can be very scary because I think it requires us to embrace it and be grateful and not think, when is it all going to fall apart? And am I really deserving of all of this? When you start to receive everything that you say you want, the, the, for me, cause I have mass, I mean, okay. So I keep it, you know, I keep it really a hundred. I have massive abandonment issues. I've lived all over the world. I'm always, I was always the new girl in school. So like, you know, I know how to charm people, but then I don't know how to keep people. So my thing is like, yeah, I can have it for now, but can I have it for life? And I've been with my husband for 12 years and In our 12th year, I finally looked at him and said, oh, my God, I get that you're sticking around and I get that you love me every day. Wow. 12 years. (laughs) 12 years. And I thought, man, haven't I already done this work? No, this this work is daily for life. Yeah. New level, new devil. I have found personal life, professional life. It doesn't matter. Every time we reach some kind of new goal or destination that we've wanted, when we get there, I think for a lot of us, we look around and we're like, oh, shit. (laughs) <laughs> Where am I? Look, look what I created. It scares the crap it scares out, of the hell out of me. You know, uh, how do I deal with this? And and that, I always say like, this work is never done. I have no. to rely on my tools every day. And sometimes I shake my fist at the sky and I'm like, why did I have to be this person who is into personal development? Couldn't you have given it to somebody else? <laughs> but I know it's, it's for a reason. And, and yes, our journey is never done. Uh, I so love this conversation because I'm all about like until like our last breath. And even then we'll be like working on ourselves. <laughs> yes, this is just the beginning for sure. So you mentioned you mentioned something that I, I want to ask you about further for you to talk about, because you I, I you know I spent a lot of time on your blog reading your, your more recent posts and, I, and you made a video about it. And so tell us your story about what you call being a quote unquote pretty big girl and how that has shaped you. Oh, yeah. Well, you started this conversation with what you said. So um, and it's also what, what, you know, I shared earlier about weight loss. So, um, yeah, I I had never actually talked about this before um, until until I until. So, oh, yeah, it's a very deep and vulnerable conversation. So here's here's like the top level of it. Um, I was born with a very pretty face and was told that pretty much from birth. But what no one ever said, because I was an emotional eater, I, you know, stuffed my feelings. It wasn't safe to be the powerful human being that I was in the family I grew up in. I was more powerful than everyone else. So I, you know, my way of coping was to eat. So I was the girl with the pretty face, but nobody talked about her body. And it was interesting because my sister developed very early. So she was the body. I was the face. She was the body. Um, and it's so interesting how those that programming informs your entire life. Like I, I had eat, I started with eating disorders at 13. I really didn't recover from them till about uh, 25. 
um, actually 30, 40, because I just became an emotional eater. I was anorexic. I was bulimic. Then I was an emotional eater. Um, and my whole life in some form or another, the message from society, from men, from my family for myself was, oh, you're pretty, but you're big. And so it was like, oh, what a pretty face. Oh, but look at that body. And, 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 you know, I lovingly say that I didn't get, I didn't, because of my eating disorders, I didn't actually get boobs till 30. I didn't get fake ones. They just sort of popped up at 30. I was like, oh, here you are. Finally. <laughs> uh, so like my body stuff has been lifelong. And when I started losing weight last year and I live in Los Angeles, which is the size zero uh, capital uh -huh. of the world. And I was a size 16, 14 for most of my adult life. Now I'm a size 10, size eight, 10. And I didn't realize how invisible I was and how comfortable I was being invisible. Mm -hmm. So I was able to walk through my day and, you know, I'd occasionally get a look from a guy, but for the most part, people treated me like I didn't exist. And I didn't know how comfortable I was with that until uh, one day I was out. I had shed like, I, I think I'm at like, I've lost 22 of the 30 pounds. I'm, I'm committed to releasing forever and never finding again. Um, and this was about pound 17. I just went out in the world and something had shifted because everywhere I went, people were looking me in the eye and it pissed me off. I was like, what the fuck are you looking at? Like it really bothered me. Um, men were approaching me and hitting on me. People were giving me free things. Uh, it was, it was startling. And I was like, what? I mean, it really made me, my first reaction was anger. Like, how dare you? What, what are you looking at? And my space. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, and I, it almost made me want to go back and eat and, and, and fill the back into invisibility space. And I, I still deal with it. Sometimes I was with a girlfriend last summer and we went to a concert and we're leaving the concert and a guy is on a motorcycle next to us in our car and he's looking at us. And I don't know if you know, Deborah Kagan, she's, she's a very mojo-licious woman in Los Angeles. She's very comfortable being visible, mm -hmm. super sexy, super sensual. And so I was with Deborah and we're sitting at this light and this motorcyclist just turns and is staring at me, like just staring. And I, she was laughing. I got so angry. I was like, what is he looking at? She's like, honey, you're a beautiful woman. Just own it. <laughs> you know, like I just was like, what is happening? Mm -hmm. So um, much like your story about, you know, being this, you've been this beautiful girl forever and it's really finding peace with that this wasn't an accident. Part of my um, padding and safety and security blanket has been, well, I can have this pretty face, but no one's really going to look at me because I've got this body that makes me invisible. And now that that's not the case anymore, it has taken me a full year to get on board with being seen. Um, and it is a startling journey and it is a beautiful journey. And it's really just about facing yourself in the mirror and understanding that nobody outside of you actually tells you your value, but it is startling and it is startling, not but, and it is startling that society will tell you you're more valuable suddenly. That part really, that's where the rage came from. Yeah. I was like, I have always been amazing. And now you're telling me I'm acceptable and I find that unacceptable. I do too. <laughs> For the yeah, record. But it, it, and it is what it is. Yeah. So finding peace with that, I really had to find peace with that. Interesting. 
And I mean, it sounds like it, again, it maybe is, is sort of what we were just talking about, that it's, it's a lifelong journey and it's not just like, I worked on it for a year. Now I'm great. Oh, it, it, it's, it's so lifelong. Cause I still get it. And you know, I, I tell my husband everything. So I, I came home the other day. I was like, baby, I got hit on today. And he was like, Oh, tell me about that. And I was like, well, I think I handled it great in the beginning, but then he was really persistent. And that was the part that bothered me because I didn't know how to shut down his persistence. And so we kind of talked through that and I'm like, thank you for letting me talk about this because, and I even came home from this party last night and I was like, baby, like it's, can I just tell you my experience at this party? I said, because I remember going to parties like this in my twenties and feeling so uncomfortable, but I was there and people were looking at me and people were talking to me and people were receiving me and people were understanding me and people wanted to know me. And that felt really good to me. That didn't feel weird or wrong or bad. And I was like, I've done a lot of work to get here. And I'm honoring this moment of feeling like, wow, I get to be me and I get to be seen and it's still safe and okay. Wow. I, you know, one of the, one of the most interesting parts that I picked up on from your story is that you had a moment where it made you so uncomfortable that, and I don't know, maybe you can speak more on this. Like if it was like a subconscious thing or you, or you thought it consciously like that you wanted the weight back on because it was so uncomfortable to be seen like that. Oh yeah. I remember thinking, Oh, screw this. I'm, I'm not ready. For this. It's too scary. Mm-hmm. It's too scary. But here, and I'm not a fan of, but, but I'm saying it a lot today. And you know what the, I, like you say, new level, new devil, it's become very clear to me that the demons we dodged the longest are the most difficult to tackle and the most rewarding when we do. So I, I healed my love stuff. I healed my money stuff. I healed my business stuff. I healed my mother stuff while she was dying last year. Like I've healed a lot of stuff. The stuff that was the most juicy, deep and dark for me was learning how to feel my feelings. And that that was what food and body was really all about was I don't have to feel it if I can feed it, Mm -hmm. you know, and I can feed it with booze. I can feed it with sugar. I can feed it with carbs and then I don't have to feel it. And that's really safe for me. So to realize that it wasn't about what I was eating. It wasn't about if I was exercising or not. It was about the fact that I wasn't at, I wasn't lovingly self-soothing myself on a daily basis. If I was stressed, I would eat. If I was tired, I would eat just to power through. And now I get, if I'm tired, take a break, take a nap, meditate. Like it, it's, you'll get back to it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I realized that while it would be easy to slide back into old habits and become invisible, I didn't want to become invisible. I wanted to get okay with being visible. Yes. Yes, Lisa. <laughs> Preach, sister. Yes, I love all of this. And the whole feeling your feelings, that's why I, I made such a <laughs> tremendous noise when you said that is it's t- that's a revolving door, I think, for so many of us. And I know I have a lot of listeners who are my listeners are high achieving. They are ambitious. They are go getters. They are action takers. And they don't like to feel their feelings <laughs> for so, the most part. It's so uncomfortable. They want to think and do it. their way through it, not feel. Yeah. It. Oh, dude. Yes. 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 So. 
I am the queen of the hustle. And it's really only been when I've learned to be in my heart as much as my hustle that I've been able to create the the really meaningful changes that have actually made me a better human being. Because all my hustle was able to give me great accomplishments. I wrote best-selling books. I built multiple six-figure businesses. Like that hustle has served me. Um, and the heart piece, oh, the heart piece, the heart piece, being vulnerable, being nurturing, connecting to a softer side is excruciating in the beginning. And it cracks you open to an entirely different version of yourself. And, and I give my niece a lot of credit for this, like learning to love a child who wasn't mine really connected me to my heart and vulnerability and nurturing that nothing else could have because it was too safe the other way. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a great segue because I I love that you've kind of coined this term, the imposter mom. So tell us the story (laughs) of how, you know, you were kind of, you know, liking not being a parent. And that was like, you were child free by choice. And, And so tell us the story and what you have learned from it. I love you say kind of liking. I was full-blown committed. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, yeah, on my second date with my husband, um, I, I said to him over ma- Mexican food and margaritas, just so we're clear, I don't want kids. And mm-hmm. I'm really digging what's happening here. But if that's something that's that's a core value for you, I just need you to know that because I'm starting to like really feel something. And I don't want to feel something if, if this is a deal breaker for you. And I, I want to give you that out. Um, and he was like, totally get it. I helped raise my sister. She's from a different, you know, they have same mother, different dad. So she's a lot younger. I helped raise my sister. I don't need kids. Um, cut to, you know. 10 years later, his same sister, who's now 19, gets pregnant by, you know, a 35-year-old illegal immigrant doing things in the country illegally. Um, And the minute we found out she was pregnant, I had this full-blown intuition, gut-level check that was like, we are going to raise this baby. Like, it was so... (laughs) I didn't know that you knew way back then. Yes, yes. But here's what I thought that meant, because I had met his sister when she was 13, Mm -hmm. and instantly fell in love with her. My mother-in-law does not deserve to raise any human beings. It's, it's a miracle that my husband is who he is. Um, and so my thought was, well, this girl that I met at 13, who's now 19 and pregnant, I'm here to raise her. So if that means helping her raise her kid, so be it. Like I was so madly in love with my sister-in-law and just like, I am here for you. I will be the mother you never had. Like it just had this weird intuition about it. To the point that, like, I was her birth coach at the last minute because no one else could be counted on. And I'm like, you do realize I've never given birth. Are you sure you want me? (laughs) But I just went into, like, midwife mode. It was amazing. Um, And then for a year, she took her baby home, and we rarely saw my niece. And I thought, well, that was strange. That's not what I expected, but okay. And my husband and I went to Paris, as dinks by design do, you Mm -hmm. know, for Christmas. Dink, for those who don't know, the term is... Dual income, no kids. Dual income, no kids. Yes. So I'm, you know, strolling the streets of Paris going, oh my God, I can't explain it, but our lives are about to change. Oh my God, I can't explain it. Our lives are about to change. We come home from Paris, uh, get a phone call on a sexy Sunday, you know, which means like we just sleep and have sex and have snacks. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And it's like your sister, it's my mother-in-law to my husband, your sister's in jail, her baby dies in jail, the baby's in foster care. And that set a whole thing in motion that became 
Three days later, we are in children's court saying we don't have children, but we will step up for this child. Yes, we realize it might be for 18 years. And yes, we're going to sign on for that. I don't know what oh I, I really thought. It was gonna be, I thought it was going to be a long weekend. Like I was in it. <laughs> this is like, like seriously like a movie <laughs> well, we're starring Paul Rudd and Leslie Mann. A TV show about it. Um, so you know, I became an, like we had nine days to baby proof our house and we forgot to baby proof me, but that's a whole other story. Um, and nine days later we brought a child home and she was 13 months at the time. And we had her full time for 10 months. And after 10 months and house arrest and, and therapy, the court deemed that my sister-in-law had done her work and got her baby back. And, so, you know, the journey of I'm an imposter mom because suddenly I have this 13 month old and people look at you and they assume you've had the child for 13 months. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm like, no, this is day two. You don't understand. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I my nurturing instincts did not kick in. So my husband's fortunately did. He was instantly he's an amazing nurturer. So they instantly bonded. I instantly did not. I was like, you're stealing my man. You're mm. cuter than I am. Like, it, you know, I went to this whole dark place. And it took me a few, uh, you know, I'm not proud of this, but it took me a few months. It took me a few months. And when I did surrender, I surrendered fully and fell madly in love with this child who's now six. We have her on weekends. We are part-time parents. She is my, she is my favorite thing on this planet. And, you know, she and my husband are my gifts. Um, I am madly in love with this child and she is madly in love with me. And I know that I am here to change her life, mm-hmm. um, in whatever small and big ways I can. So, you know, the, the big ways are we pay for school for her. The small ways are we have her on weekends and we show her a different world than what she's getting at home. So, um, however, however she, she, whoever she becomes is so okay with me. I just want her to know she is loved and it's okay to be her. Yeah. What a great story and what a scary one too. Just like me thrust into motherhood and wasn't there a movie starring Diane Keaton that was kind of like that? Um Oh yes, yes, baby boom. Yes. <laughs> I watched that about a year ago and I was like, Yep, sounds pretty <laughs> They got it right. Oh my yeah. gosh. So here's the the postscript to that story that I wanna share. Um, because I never wanna kids I you know, I, I, I joke that part-time parenting while, while you can stay married is the best gig ever. Um, but the truth is it's also, it's also really hard to co-parent with someone whose value system is completely different than yours. And it's hard to watch someone not show up for their kid at the level that you would. And that's been, that's been a difficult journey. Mm -hmm. And it has, um, people, I, I heard people say many for many years, like, oh, there's a spot in our heart that opened and we knew it was time. And I'm like, what's that like? Well, recently, my husband and I decided that it is time to bring another child into our life. And so we're, we're exploring becoming foster parents to someone else's kid. We don't oh know my who. Gosh. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. How yeah, we it? just were like, it was so funny on Valentine's Day. We don't celebrate. We happen to celebrate this year because there was a cool party we wanted to go to. And I'm like, wow, after not celebrating Valentine's Day for 12 years, because it means nothing way to dive into the deep end and go, let's have a child. Wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So will will it be because I'm not exactly sure familiar how is it with foster parenting? The goal is to get the children back to their parents. Right. But do you do you eventually want to adopt? 
Typically, the goal is always, you know, the goal is to reunite the child with the parents if possible. Mm -hmm. There's something called resource parents, which we would want to be, which is fostering with the intent to adopt. Got it. Okay. So we start with, you know, temporary foster care. Like the truth is we have a beautiful home. There's plenty of space. We have so much love in our hearts. We now see that it does take a village to successfully raise a child. Mm-hmm. And there are so many children who don't even have one parent. Right. And we understand now that like my big fear was how can I love another ch- another person's child because they're going to be ripped away from me and there go my abandonment issues. And now I realize I can't stand that I'm strong enough and, and I'm going to give everything to this kid while they're with me. And if and when we find the child who wants to become our permanent family and we want them to, we are so open to that. But in the meantime, we want to open our home to children who need a bed, who need a kind person, who need to be fed. Like it's heartbreaking what some children don't have. That's amazing how this has kind of come full circle for you. And you would have never even known what I, I, we probably would have never have known what the whole world of foster children would look like had, had you not had your niece come into your life. I'm so blessed because I, my life would have been fine. It would have been just fine. This is so deep and profound. I'm thankful that this was the path I ended up going on. It's part of your having it all. It is part of my having it all. And I never would have thought that. And I'm so thankful. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So I have loved this conversation so much and I just, you're one of my favorite people ever. And I, I'm, I'm, I can't believe it took me this long to get you on my podcast. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I want, and I would just want to pause and say, thank you. I adore you. And I think the work that you do in the world is so extraordinary. It's moving, it's transformative, and you are meant to be this big, bold, beautiful light for, for the world that you already are, but even bigger. So I'm just going to affirm that. Thank you. And I will, I will accept that. And cause you know, there's a part of me that wants to like poo poo it and be like, no, but no, but you are, let's just validate the shit out of each other for the rest of the 10 minutes on this podcast. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I want everyone to run out now and go to lisastedman.com, buy all of her books and watch your videos. You're just, you're so charismatic and I love your energy. And I think that's why I've always loved you. Cause we're like twin souls that way. Everything is in the show notes that I mentioned here, including, you know, books and things that we mentioned. You can find that in the show notes as always. And until next time, ass kickers, I will see you out in a cyberspace. Bye-bye. Hey, ass kickers, you know, it would help me out so much if you left a rating and review for this podcast. Your Kick-Ass Life podcast will always be free to you and to help me get more awesome guests and to spread the word, it helps tremendously if you leave a rating and a review. Now, they don't particularly make this super easy to do, so I'll help you out a little. If you're in iTunes and you're on your phone, when you are in the podcast app, you need to search for Your Kick-Ass Life podcast. I know, even if you're subscribed, 
this is how you do it. So when you search for it and you see it come up, click on the cover art, then towards the top where it says reviews, click that, scroll down a tiny little bit, and then click write a review. Stitcher is a bit easier if you're on Android. The easiest way I found to do this is to type into Google stitcher.com, your kick-ass life, and voila, my podcast should pop up as the first link. Scroll down and click write a review. That's it. Thank you so very much. You have no idea how much it helps me when you do that. All right. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.